0: Welcome to The Morning Crew, a grief podcast hosted
1: by three gals in their mid-twenties. Here, talking about grief is completely normal and a part of our everyday life. So grab a cup of coffee or a drink.
2: Grief conversations can actually be that casual. So let's talk about it.
1: Welcome back everybody to our first episode of 2023. We're on season two. And I feel like everyone is super amped for a season two, usually, when the first season is so good. So I'm sure all of our listeners are really amped for season two. Um, but it's very exciting uh, to be starting a new calendar year, going through even more topics and more discussions. And just another like thank you to everybody who supported us last year and who listened and who also sent us like thank yous and emails. We got our first email, which was amazing. Um, Yes, Kelsey, if you want to Yeah, shout out to Deb. Shout out to Deb for sure. That was
2: so thoughtful. Um, She's been one of our most avid listeners, apparently having listened to episodes, some of them multiple times. So I think that (laughs) maybe puts her as number one. And just has felt so connected to the podcast between me, but she also has had a loss in her life of her dad. So I think she has a lot of ways she's connected to it. And just shout out to Deb. Um, Kathy Mads and I were all very touched by the email and just the fact that we got an email.
0: Yes, yeah, so it definitely made my day. It might have been the only time over like the holiday season where I was excited to see an email come from, uh, from something, <laughs> uh-huh. but I was so excited and it was the sweetest thing. Um, so thank you, Deb. My favorite part was the um, Taylor Swift dance workout um, Christmas gift link that she tagged along with
1: that. <laughs> she knows us well. Yeah. Um. I also want to give a shout out to Patrice Greb, who is my friend's mom that sent us a long thank you text, um, which was really sweet. And I'm just super appreciative of all the people that we're connecting to. And it's also crazy, you know, I think connecting to adults, uh, these are two examples of adults who maybe experienced loss like earlier on in their life, but didn't have this kind of medium and they have it today and are still even connecting to things that they felt or experienced like back when they were kind of going through the thick of it. So I just think that that's really cool and awesome and wanted to give those two a shout out. But also wanted to recap how everyone's holidays were, so I think we'll just start with Mads. If you have any updates, I know we wanted to check in on some things, but feel free to share whatever you want to share.
0: (sighs) All right, get right into it. Um, So I had a um, pretty good holiday season. Um, I went home for about for a while, like I had mentioned, um, and I had given those gifts that I talked about in our season finale of last season. If you listened, Um, I got my dad, I gave my dad my Papa's jersey that I had and I had it framed. um, I had it framed. I mean, I bought a, a big, shadow box on Amazon and made it myself in the in the upstairs room before Christmas because um, I was traveling on a crazy plane. And then I got my stepmom. I worked with her mom, who I know casually, not like super close with, to get – Uh, A recipe from her brother who passed away right before I really met her Um, it was in the beginning of her and my dad's relationship So I wasn't around for that, but I know it's obviously like losing a sibling is just unimaginable So they've been really big champions for me in the past year with my mental health Um, both financially which i'm so so grateful for and just like emotionally and So I wanted to give them a gift that was meaningful and thoughtful and I also wanted to share A bit about what we were doing. So after I gave them their gift We then, like my sister was in town, we were doing Christmas stuff. And when she left, it was just the three of us. We went ice skating, and then we went to go to lunch. And I sat them down at lunch, and we were talking. And um, I told them I wanted to tell them about something that I was going to tell them about, but I didn't when we were all over Christmas or whatever. And I told them about the podcast. Um, My dad was, first off, he was like, oh, that's how you knew so much when I was talking to you about it at work. And I was like, (laughs) no, 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 I did it, because my dad's trying to do a podcast at work, and I had connected him with Kelsey. Um, But it was really funny. And then he said he was um, really proud of us. And then my stepmom started talking to me about how there are all – she was the one that said there's all these kinds of different kinds of grief. And she was really grateful that they were able – that we're doing something about it and being able to talk and discuss about, like, how it's a universal feeling. And I kind of went into it with her without getting too into it in a small restaurant in South Bend um, over soup. But I uh, – I kind of went into it on a, on a lighter level, and uh, she was very receptive as well. They both were like, can we listen? Um, I sent the girls a, pod- a video in the in the podcast group chat that we have, and I was like, dad, wait, I'm gonna ask you a question and answer it. And he, so I was like, dad, why'd you just find out? And of course he was like, so cute, he was like, that you have a successful and popular podcast and he was he was just the best. Uh, we could post that in the stories or something because it was pretty cute. And then um we did it. he didn't they didn't press, they didn't ask questions, we just kind of kept going. And that was like kind of cool because it made me feel like it wasn't as I mean, it was a big deal, but like they didn't make it a bigger deal, like how I had made it up with my anxiety, which I thought was really cool. Um, they had also asked and my stepmom brought it up a little bit later on, but nothing they know it was no big dramatic thing. Um, And they asked if they could listen, and I asked that they would listen starting this season. So if you're listening, hi, Dad and Julie. um, I asked that they kind of you know, listen as we're going onward, um, just because we've also learned so much. Um, I think we've gotten better at it, but also um, in those early episodes, I was really, really vulnerable. And I have been, and I still am, but I want to be able to talk with um, a little bit more of a the knowledge that my parents are know that's going on, um, and they seem to respect that boundary. So I texted him today. He was texting me today, and I was like, oh, I got a report. We're going to start the second season tonight. And he uh, texted back, and he was like, man, I just keep thinking how proud I am of you, which it was really sweet. Um, so that was really great, and I had a really great holiday all around, and then I ended up... Um, getting caught in some of the flight mess that was happening across the, the country and finally made it home at like 4.30 a.m. on New, before New Year's Eve, um, the day before New Year's Eve. And I had a package waiting for me that I wanted to share about on the podcast. So um, this package was from, if you, again, listened last season, you know my best friend Shannon. It was from her childhood best friend. Um, And she wrote me this card, and I'm just going to read a bit of it. Actually, I'm probably going to read the majority of it because I think it kind of gets the whole vibe across. But she said, "Um, So I lost my grandma Serpa this year. She was 97 years old and my biggest cheerleader in life. She once sent me a card congratulating me on buying my first couch. She loved that I had a strong support system full of people like you. I want to keep her memory alive, and this is one way, the candy dish. She always had hard candy in or around her person. I hope you can enjoy these little treats and think of someone you love. And then she sent me this, like, very grandma um, glass candy dish, which I'm holding up for the, the girls to see. But we also have a photo of that that I had sent in the group chat. And it has, you know, what you think of when you think of old lady hard candy. Um, like, the little caramel treats, the little strawberry candies. And I just thought – I was I was so moved to – like, I just had tears in my eyes. I couldn't even I, – I called Shannon, and it was just the most thoughtful, kind uh, gift and gesture, and it was—I mean, it's a small, small gesture as far as like it's not some big, like, elaborate thing. It's just something that she thought reminded her of her grandma. And so I had said I'd put it on my coffee table, and I had sent her a photo, and she wrote me back this really sweet text about how she just knew that like she felt so lucky, and she knew that I would be the kind of person that would receive and think that that is as special as it was, and that she was so honored to like have her grandmother and like her spirit a part of like my apartment in my house that um, I'm building up as I'm like building into adulthood. And it was just the sweetest, warmest, kindest gift. And she doesn't know about the podcast. I'm going to tell her about it, but it's not like she had no idea that we have these grief ties in. And I really didn't know with everything going on with me that she lost her grandma. So um, we just are, I mean, we keep up on social media and we text occasionally, but not only was it this very thoughtful, sweet gesture, um, it had that tie-in with our grief, and then it also had the tie-in with, like, being my best friend's friend, so it's not like we're even, like, the closest, and I just thought it was a very special thing to um, share, and it almost felt like she had – she said she had that, like, connection where she knew it was something I would appreciate, which I thought was really, really cool. Um, and I was going to wait to tell you guys on air, but I know I had to text you right when I got it because I was just – I had no words. It was just so, so sweet, the whole the whole bit of it, so – my long
2: rambling on to say that was my, uh, my holidays. No, what a special holiday. Thank you as always for sharing before. There's so much to unpack there, but first just like, how did it feel like to tell your family, like it's something you've been working on since March and we talk all the time and to just like let them in on it and to know that they were so supportive. And like you said, they didn't make it a big thing. They didn't ask you a million questions. They didn't like, you know, make it feel uncomfortable in any way like how did that feel for you
0: um it felt good it felt um a little bit like weird at first and it was like almost like a breath, a breath of fresh air but then I also now have this like Feeling over my head that, like, I know, and I was going to, and just have been trying to find all the right times for things. Um, that, like, I have to open it up with like my sister and other people who are a little bit closer with me. Um, so it's not like I don't know, it just is that was like that's one thing, and then it's the next person. It's like whenever you were younger and you would want to go to a friend's house and you'd ask your dad because he know you know he'd say yes, and your mom would say no, or vice versa. <laughs> it was like doing the easy thing first and then going up a level ahead. So, um, it felt good, it felt conflicting, but, um, I mean, I was glad I did it. Like I said, it's not hasn't been a huge thing, which I'm grateful for. Um,
2: but yeah, that's just like that, I guess. And how they both responded to your really thoughtful gifts. Like, how did they, what was their reaction receiving your presence?
0: They both cried. Um, the other one oh. knew about the, like, I told them each about the other one because I needed my stepmom's help, like hanging up the jersey. And then I needed my dad to check. I got the board from Etsy and I needed him to check in the time frame before Christmas to make sure it like was the right one and it turned out okay, so I had told them both about it beforehand. Um, and it was funny because they both were like videoing the other one ready to open it because they had known that it was coming and it was, it was sweet. But my dad was like, he teared up and he was like, is that Papa's? And I was like, yeah. And he didn't even know my grandma had given it to me back when he had passed away. So he was, she's like, how'd you get it? And I was like, grandma gave it to me. Like I thought that he knew and maybe he did. He just didn't remember it in the moment, but he didn't even, and it, it was not in his mind that I even had it. So it was, he did, he was completely surprised. And then of course, um. Julie's mom was a, as well. She got really emotional, and then she, um, she posted about it and like posted this really nice message about it on Facebook today, actually. But she immediately like got a nail and hung it up in the kitchen, and um, they both seemed very, very touched, which was very nice. Um, but it's always it's always interesting to see when your parents get like emotional, like seeing my dad tear up is always something that gives me a little bit of like, oh no, like I know it was a sweet moment, but I was like. Oh, I I, I didn't like it just because I I was like, I I don't know, like, I feel like I like I don't want to make my dad cry, even if it's happy tears.
1: Oh, that's so sweet, though. And I feel like as a gift giver and lover of and like, as my love language, I feel like those are types of moments that I like super appreciate. And I would imagine like being on the receiving end, like, it's even oh, so much sweeter, like when somebody is so thoughtful like that. And even also with the gift of um, Jannon's best friend and kind of like knowing that you were receiving that with such love and she kind of knew that about you, there's just something that's like feels really good about also giving those gifts because you just know that they're going to be received like so well, even though obviously like you want to give it no matter what, it's just kind of nice to have that like reassurance or like affirmation from the receiving end, which... I think in this case, obviously, like maybe it was a little bit weird, but I think that them being touched was like, just obviously should give you the kind of like reassurance of like how amazing of a gift it was for them.
2: And it's just so unbelievably thoughtful both ways. And obviously it touches on, you know, you leaned into, obviously with your dad, you have a beautiful relationship with Papa, but with your stepmom, like you said, you didn't know her brother. So it shows that much deeper level of thoughtfulness that you just have enough empathy and understanding because you've gone through grief that you knew that that would be special. And I feel like not not that everyone in your life has access necessarily to give you a gift that was like came from your loved one who's passed away. But the fact that you figured out how to do that, like that is so special and goes back to everyone's always thinking about who they've lost, you know, in varying degrees, but pretty frequently and especially over the holidays. So for you to like lean into it versus, you know, people not wanting to talk about it and you instead came up with a gift that they can like hang up in their homes or are you being on the receiving end of your friend that like talking about being on offense, like her just sending out to people she thought were special, something that reminded her of her grandma, what another – Great example of being on offense with your grief. Like, could you imagine? Like, good for her, right after somebody passes away, you're like, how am I going to channel this? And you come up and you send it out. Like, that's so cool. So, I think also just like great ideas and inspo all around for our listeners. And just like kudos to you, Mads, for even thinking of all those things for your family. And it also shows that, like, with gift giving, what goes around comes around and you got a very thoughtful present right back. Well, thank you
0: for saying that. Yeah, it was it was really cool, and like I said, it was kind of just cool all around that it, it happened and it happened again. And I, I felt the same way. I right actually I went back and watched that first video clip we watched whenever Andy Grammer was talking about being on the offensive grief right shortly after I had gotten it, and it was just um, very interesting and I just very grateful. Um, speaking of gifts, I also want to shout out Kathy because she sent Kelsey and I the most thoughtful Christmas gifts. She got us personalized little planners with our names on it and our favorite colors and all of the handwritten dates of our family members each other's family members um birthdays and anniversaries and things as well as a little handmade um morning crew ornament with our logo on it and it was just the most thoughtful thing i had received it right after we would recorded our last episode and i was gonna wait because it was re- it was even wrapped all beautifully and i was gonna wait but i have the patience of a seven-year-old so i like cracked it open and i just couldn't even like pretend that i was waiting for christmas like i had to like i had to send her a video because it was so thoughtful and so sweet so I wanted to make sure um, I just mentioned that because Kathy, I really, really appreciate it. I know Kelsey Kelsey does as well, but it was a really beautiful and thoughtful surprise.
2: Oh yeah, ditto, so thoughtful, so beautifully wrapped. Like the thought of getting the ornament like custom made, which to have it year round, I have it like propped up on my shelf now and just to see our logo and hold it in your hands also kind of freaks me out because it's all been digital. And then yeah, the planner, which is so cute, literally has our names custom on it. And yeah, she hand wrote
1: all the dates inside. I'm like so bad. My penmanship is so bad. <laughs> oh, I was stop. like, but no oh, well, whatever. It's, it's so fine. Good. At least it's my penmanship in there. Oh that so was like no.
2: <laughs> it is so thoughtful. So thank you so much. I second that, wanted to talk about that too. And we texted about it, but need to give her the shout out on the podcast. Um Kathy how are your holidays
1: um well of course like thank you for saying all of that um what's funny is that I actually had posted on my close friend story and removed you guys from my close friends and like posted the gifts or whatever because I was like, oh my gosh they don't know these are coming which was really funny but yeah I like removed you guys for a sec don't worry you're back on there But I thought it was really funny and everyone was like, oh my God, they're going to love it. So that was a lot of fun. I I feel like I just had a lot of fun with it too. And then obviously like the decorating as well and all of that stuff. So, Um, but holidays were good. I feel like for me this year, there was a little bit of like a... I guess I had a little bit more of like a sentimental year with my grief, which is interesting because I think, I mean, we talked about it before and it's so normal that like there are some years where it's just casual and like there isn't really anything big to like think about in terms of grief with the holidays. It's just the holidays now and like it is what it has been for the last 16 years. But at the same time, I do think that there are sometimes some years where I get a little bit more emotional about it and it wasn't that I was so like weepy or just like crying all the time by any means. it was just more so of like there was a lot of reflection and I think that there was a lot of reflection because of the podcast and feeling like yet like this does feel kind of like a bigger year. I mean obviously it's a bigger year in terms of my grief journey because of all of this. And so I think that maybe like, made the wheels start turning with in terms of the holidays and just like a wrap up of the year and just like reflecting back on the year and all of these things. And so I think for me, there were like, there were just a couple moments where I thought about my dad a little bit more than in past years. Um, not to say I didn't have a wonderful holiday with both sides of my family and seeing my mom's side and my dad's side um, was really great. But I just think I think it also seeing the younger kids in your families get older, there's something about that like time difference of like, wow, so much time has passed. Like my dad met the kids, well, some of the kids he never got to meet and some of the kids he met when they were really young and babies. So like me thinking in my head, like where they are now just is like seeing them is a reminder of all that time that has passed. Um, And I think that just in general, I feel like when you see kids grow up, that's such a like, reminder of how much time passes. And I don't know, it was just such a weird feeling. I don't know if you guys have any younger kids at your holidays, but and now these kids are getting older. And it was just making me think of like, who the new babies are going to be. And it's my children, uh, hopefully one day. So I'm like, oh, it's gonna be a little bit since till they're like, <laughs> newer, younger kids in the mix again. So for now, let's just all enjoy like adult time together. Um, but yeah, I don't know if you guys feel like there was something there with like, kids or just passing of time, you kind of like, it's like a reminder for you in general. I
2: definitely do get that. We only have one younger kid and he's now 18, but I would say he was like, he's a young 18. Like he still looks probably a little younger than that. And for a while, I feel like he looked even younger and now he's finally like sprouted up. And yeah, it's very much like, Oh my gosh, like I remember his entire life. I remember before he existed. I remember when my aunt was pregnant. I remember like holding him as a baby. And it is a very eerie passing of time. It makes me feel older. Yeah, the comparison of like, oh, my dad only knew from here. For us, it was like our grandpa only knew our youngest cousin like when he was younger and like didn't get to know him as he was older. And it just, yeah, it's like that contrast is very stark. So I can only imagine being a parent what seeing your kids grow up is a passing of time. But we, yeah, we have kind of like a adult phase right now. And a lot of my older cousins are like married or getting married. And so like probably, hopefully there will start being some more like baby babies again, which I can't wait. Like luckily they're not waiting on me because they would be waiting a long time, I'm sure for me, (laughs) but my older cousins have it more together. And so more babies will be coming soon. But Mads, I feel like you have more little ones running around.
0: Yes, we do. It was I was it was funny because the one I immediately thought it was not tied to grief. It was my step nephew, um, Cameron, who when I met him because he was brought into my life, whenever he was already born because it was a step nephew. Um, he was two years old and didn't even speak, and now he is nine and is like asking me why I picked my house and how long I'm going to keep my Jeep and why do let's go see this movie at this time. And he'll text me. Um, he has this little phone where he has like five numbers on it, and I'm one of them, and he's so like I had such an adult conversation with him over the last break like we were we were hanging out and we had a full-on adult conversation he was so polite he was such a good kid and I remember texting my mom and my stepsister and I kind of put me in this like existential crisis because I'm like oh my gosh like I was in college when I met this kid and now he's like he could tell you how to get to my house from his house like it's just crazy to me um so every time I think about that a little bit too much, I kind of go into dread. But as far as like on the grief aspect of it, um, yeah, I was thinking about that actually. I stopped by and saw my grandma while we were um, I was in town. And I was thinking we were talking a lot about my younger cousin, Harper, who I'm obsessed with. And I kind of got to thinking just a little bit. And it's similar along the lines of like I remember saying like when my sister was getting married that I mentioned on the podcast that it felt like it was this kind of like guilty thing that like her partner knew Papa. And I kind of – it was the first time i had realized that like harper was the first grandkid that wasn't gonna know papa like because her cousin was alive when papa was alive and so i was like and Harper's about um just a one and a half almost two and so she they had actually gotten pregnant um with her like Two summer, or summer after Papa had passed away. So it was, it's like the first grandkid that's not going to know him and kind of just learn about him through pictures, which is really interesting. I mean, she's just a little sunshine light and I'm obsessed with her, but it was, it was, it kind of hit me and then it went away quickly because I was with my grandma and like we had so much other stuff we were catching up on, but it definitely like popped into my mind. And it's one of those things I wonder if like it wouldn't have, if we don't talk, if we didn't talk about it all the time, like us two or us three. Um, So it was, it was kind of interesting, like, drop there. Um, Kath, I also want to know what you what you did for – like, I went to my grandma's house. Like, did you guys do anything we had talked about in previous episodes about, like, honoring your dad? Or were you with other family members? Like, kind of what did you do over that time?
1: Yeah, so kind of along the line of, like, kids growing up and I, I guess kind of in that theme of the holidays and stuff, I feel like another – thing as growing up is like getting to like drink if you do drink with your family at holidays and like when that age comes to be able to do that and I mean I have been for a while now but there was something about this year where I just was like oh like it just literally hit me out of nowhere that I never had like an alcoholic drink with my dad and it's such a like weird specific thing to think about and this is literally grief popping up like later in my life and me not like expecting this one to like come up or at by any means and I didn't even think that it was like that big of a deal but then I started thinking more about it and I was like actually like a lot of my social life does kind of like involve drinking at some at, like majority of social events so it is kind of interesting like Not that I would want that to happen, but, like, what my dad would think of if I was, like, drunk in his presence or something. Like, I kind of wonder that of, like, would he think I was a fool or would (laughs) he, like, be drinking along with me kind of thing? So those are type, like, I guess, kind of maybe questions for like my family members to kind of ask like in the future and stuff. Because I was just all all of these thoughts were just starting to like enter my mind. And then I feel like then it's a sort of processing and like organizing in my brain about all the thoughts and then like what I want to know after those thoughts. That's kind of like I feel like how my brain processes when I get hit with like something like that. Um and anyway, so I feel like I decided I guess this is kind of like playing offense with grief. I'm not really sure what you would call it, but I was like, you know what? Like I can't physically do it obviously ever, but what's like the closest thing that I can do it. So I posted this on our Instagram and on my personal um, Instagram as well, but I basically brought a wine bottle to the cemetery and like two tumblers and like kind of like poured one out for my dad. And then I also had one myself and I, was just talking to him, which I know we probably owe a whole episode on that. And we've talked about that in previous episodes. And I was kind of reminded of, like, Shane and how he speaks about or to his dad at the beach and kind of, like, just kind of reflecting on all of that from that episode. And I was, like, speaking out loud. And, of course, like, there are common dynamics when you go to a cemetery and you can see families together, especially on the holidays. It was Christmas Eve. And I was like, only the real ones will know like when there's a long line to get into the cemetery on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. Um, But it thankfully wasn't too bad. And he went in the middle of the afternoon and took that wine bottle and the wine glass and flowers. And it was really nice. Um, And but I was, as I was saying, the dynamics, you kind of see Like, I don't know. It's just kind of, it sets the scene for some certain family dynamics. So like I saw a father and daughter, I presume to be, uh, setting up an actual tree, which there were some like seven foot trees out there. And I was like, wow, you guys like really put in the effort to like put a tree in and decorate the tree. And you have to like put stakes in that to like make it stay in the ground, especially with these winds out here. I was very impressed. But sadly, my dad did not get a full on seven foot tree. I was like, maybe I'll bring you a little bush next year. But for now, the flow flowers will too. Um, but I was like, damn, got to stuff it up. And so I saw this like father-daughter duo um, decorating a tree. And I was just thinking like, it's just so cr- like, you know, I don't know, full circle, but it also is one of those places where you would see something like that of like, I'm seeing a father daughter in front of me. And here I am like with my dad, like having this drink or whatever. So just interesting. And who knows who they were honoring? Like it could be like the mom or maybe it's a grandma or grandpa. I don't know. But um, I just thought it was like kind of ironic that they were there together as I was like sitting there talking to my dad. Um, But yeah, so I just, I just decided to kind of like take it in my own hands and have that drink with my dad and I talked about the podcast in that and I feel like that was very that was like very weird I feel like um because you think they know all these things if you believe in that I guess but to actually like say it out loud I it was almost like I was like challenging myself to get there to be able to say it out loud to him like it was a scary feeling um So I did that and I felt happy about it for sure. And like, I think a release, like a huge release. I don't know. I wouldn't, I don't know if relief is the right word. It's more so release. Like I wasn't anxious leading into it. It just was like, I want to share it. And I don't know. It was just more so of like a challenge. That's the best way I can describe that of saying it out loud. Um. But it was really nice. And I got a lot of amazing messages back, um, which was really like both on our handle and on my personal handle, which was really nice to, to have that support. But yeah, I don't know. It was just overall a more, I guess, intense experience at the cemetery and during the holidays. I would say that that's a double example of
2: being on offense or triple example of being on offense because you brought the wine to the cemetery. So you're like, okay, really fucking sucks. I can't do this. So let me find the next best thing, which to me, that's being on offense. You posted about it. So you're willing to publicly like share it, which is awesome because that maybe helps give somebody else an idea and like helps you connect with a larger community of people who are going through a similar thing Um, and the fact that you were willing to have the conversation at the cemetery to him and like talk about something you probably would have talked about over like a glass of wine when you like were to share, you were starting a podcast, let's say in a universe where, you know, both coexist, you start the podcast and he's there, like you probably would. So like, I think that's a triple star version of being on offense. And I think like forcing yourself almost to do those little challenges i think it's a good reminder that they often or always do come with some form of release because no one's going to be telling you like maybe outside of a therapist but probably not directly like you need to do this this and this and this and obviously we have a podcast that like allows us to do this but only you and your mind know the biggest like roadblocks or the biggest things you wish you could mm-hmm. do with them. Like only you know that. So to hold yourself accountable enough, even when it feels uncomfortable and it's the holidays and it's sad to like have that conversation, I think is amazing. So triple offense props to you, Kath. Thank
1: you. Yeah,
0: Kath. I'm, I'm, I was very happy when you texted that um to us. And then I was happy to see you do it and now hear you talk about it. Um, I'm very impressed. I know that that is not the easiest thing to do. I've done that similarly before. Um, do you think that it's something you would have done or you would have thought to do if we didn't have this, like it didn't have this platform that we're talking about all the time? Do you think it was top of mind or do you think that it kind of was just like time? I guess my question is um, kind of like, how did you decide that now is finally the right time to do it?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. And I feel like with a lot of things with grief, there's never really a right answer. Um right like it's like you just were decided today that you were going to do this to honor your loved one or whoever passed. Like I don't know why like today was the day or why this year was the year. I definitely think the podcast obviously influenced the like this is the year that I like want to or this year, I should say, I want to go and do something. And versus like, I will admit, I mean, I don't always go to the cemetery. And I think I've talked about this before, like, for me, it's just a place. And like, you can, however you want to believe, like, maybe you can connect with your loved one, it doesn't have to necessarily be at the cemetery. And I think I've taken that approach, just because sometimes the cemetery feels a little bit too heavy for me to go to. But I still want to have some sort of like, communication or like talking to my dad somehow. And I do believe that that can happen outside of a cemetery. I think for me, like I said, it was like a challenge to like get there and then speak it out loud. And I don't know why I was challenging myself to do that. I think maybe it's the episode of uh, playing offense. I think it's also when we were posting about, we had just recorded like about the holidays and we posted about the holidays and I got like some DMs actually when we posted about the holidays, I think, because I shared it on my personal account. And maybe that got me like thinking of like, wow, okay, like so many people are in this season during this time. And I keep forgetting that. And it's like, I don't know, it was just something it, it, that kind of like lit a fire under me and like inspired me to do it. I I would I would think that I can't pinpoint it. But I think that's why.
2: No, that makes that makes a lot of sense that it's like one we're we're living in it with the podcast and with our group chat and with trying to post content, it's kind of cyclical. I don't know if it's like chicken or the egg. It's a little hard to figure out, but it means we're just kind of like in it talking about it more and opening discussion, which is good. Cause it's helping us process. And then hopefully by default, we're helping other people process. I don't remember if I've shared this or if I did, it was a while ago, but with the cemetery with my mom, my sister and I, I don't know if she and I have ever, like, verbalized, but we are on the same page. We don't go. Like, we we went, obviously, when we set it up and we, like, helped figure out the setup process, and then we might have gone, like, one other time. I think before maybe I went back to San Francisco to, like, restart life after it all happened, but haven't gone since, I don't think. And for us, I just think – I don't know if it's, like, a phase of it's too soon or it's just so in your face. And like, I do believe and like feel connected with her. Like you're saying, Kath and like Shane had said in our other episode, doing other things and in other ways and like being at the places she loved and eating the foods that she ate and being with her family. And like, I feel it there. And to me, the cemetery just is sad. Like It is really doubly sad too. Like, so the way we have it set up is it's not like a tombstone in the ground. It's like, for lack of a more formal word, they look like little cubbies. I know that there has to be a formal word, but they're like above ground and they're in this like arch. And so like my grandpa is in one. And then the one immediately behind it was available. So my mom is in that one. And so it's like double grief because it's like my grandpa and my mom being right there. And it's really special that we were able to have them be like, you know, next to each other. but. So that's my personal experience. Obviously, everybody is different, as we talked about. Like for some people, it brings comfort or it's like a physical reminder. Um, But my dad goes. And so he goes, I think, every – obviously, he also lives there versus my sister and I. It's almost like our house and being in Salinas is enough for us of a reminder. So going to a cemetery is like (laughs) nail in the coffin. which is a really – Oh, my God. Kelsey. (laughs) That's so bad. That's so bad. But I couldn't not say it once it came into my mind. Oh, my God. That's extra bad. So – but my dad is just there, so he goes and he brings flowers, I think, every few weeks, and he will some of the time take pictures of it and send it to my sister and I, which is – you know, also a, a visual in itself via the photo. So I think that's why, again, not speaking for my sister, but why we don't go. But I will just quickly say, and I want to shout out, like um, actually I had a good conversation with my cousin, Katie, who I'm really close to, who's cousin on my mom's side. And she actually said she listen to our our episode about Thanksgiving. And she was like, I listened and I agree that we like didn't do a good job talking about your mom. So I've been thinking that what if we like rebranded our like appetizer hour to being like like Carrie's cocktails or Carrie's snacks, because that's what I think about because she would always bring the like snacks and the specific kind of snack. Like I don't know if you guys have ever had the munchie mix, which is like pretzels, sun chips, Cheetos, and Doritos in the mix she would always bring that. And so she was like, and we can all like talk about her and tell stories. And we like went to the store together and made the mix and talked about it. And it like prompted some more conversation and she was brought up around the table a little bit more. So talk about like chicken and the egg, but the podcast definitely helped spark that from happening this holiday season. And Deb, of course, like created a toast for her at that side of the family's holiday celebration. So I do feel like she was acknowledged and talked about more in part because of the podcast. And I also felt a little bit more empowered to like talk about her some and like have more conversations, which was good. Um, but Yeah, that those were some of the bigger things with, with my holidays. Oh, one last thing. I was doing like a last minute seize candy run and the mall was a shit show and sees candy, you know, has these cute little old people working back there, but it means the line takes forever. And my mom would always do the seize candy run. And my mom would always pick out these specific candies. And so I felt like we need to keep the tradition going. She would want to pick this. And so I'm in this line And I'm like irritated. It's not her that's doing it. I'm irritated that I'm waiting in this line. And there's these like people gossiping all around me. And I'm like, I can't, I don't like this. And then I saw this like grandma with two grandkids. And like that was triggering to me, like where I kind of teared up because it like, I think I've mentioned to you guys, like the idea of like my mom never knowing my future kids is one that is stuck with me. So that was a big ball of emotions and then I got the candy and my dad and sister were happy I got the candy and we ate it and we thought of her and it honored her and I'm glad we did it but those talk about moments are just like random and you're not expecting and it was just like stressful holiday shopping turned I was trying to honor her turned trigger in my face but we got some good candy out of it <laughs>
0: Well, I'm sorry that happened to you while you were at the the candy store, but I'm glad that you were able to keep that tradition alive. And I probably at that point would have been like, okay, I'm done and walked out. Me so too. good for you for finding your <laughs> patience again and staying because not only would the line and the gossiping have gotten me, I would have been like, are you kidding me? Like I've walked out of stores that have played like Papa's Funeral Song before. Like I've put down
2: purchases and left. Like I'm good. Um... So I think, and there was no (laughs) cell service for whatever reason. So that was another thing. I couldn't even be on my phone in the line. So thank you. I did stick it out.
0: And I'm also really glad that your cousin had that moment. That's so sweet. And like how special to start a new tradition, because I know that that can be something that is very difficult. Um, I wanted to talk about, mention whenever you were talking about how your um, mother was near your grandfather's grave, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that what it was? Um, So – With my relationship with the cemetery is I know I mentioned it in our last episode and I will have to send you guys this picture because it's truly hilarious of my aunt Mimi opening up her tailgate to like having a full bar for this uh, occasion. But my grandma likes to go to the cemetery and usually if my dad's up there visiting her or I'm in town I go to visit and she's always like let's go. So I know that I mentioned it when I went for the Top Gun weekend we went up and I cleaned off the tombstone and stuff like that. It's pretty pretty tough. But what is really weirdly tough to me and it's not bad. Because my grandma is hilarious and like makes jokes and things. Um, but she her name when they got the tombstone, they got her name on it. She's alive, but they have it there with like her birthday and like the blank year because they needed to buy the plot together. And I remember when I first saw that it was super triggering and like sometimes it's still, and I'm like, and I call her insane all the time, and I my famous line to my dad and if he's listening to this he can finish my sentence but I'm like dad has she always been insane or did this am I just like becoming an adult and realizing it and the funniest way like she makes the funniest jokes but every time we go there I kind of forget and then I see it and like obviously she's there next to me and she's like well wanted a good spot or well like wanted to make sure I could still bug him like she always makes jokes but like it's something that I didn't know and wasn't expecting and it's actually like normal once I said it my dad said that he has friends who have theirs next to their parents and that is just something that I never thought of talk about accidental crisis again um but that's always like kind of the toughest or like one of the worst parts about it is I'm like I always kind of forget it's like enough to be there and to talk and to like kind of be there with them when you even if I didn't want to go it's like if I'm if my grandma asks we're gonna take her um but it's kind of a whole bag to unpack once you get there <laughs>
1: That is so triggering, Mads. Like, it's I I mean, I feel like you probably all kind of feel... I would imagine that a lot of grievers feel the same way I do. And, like, now you're kind of almost on high alert for, like, a, another person, like, leaving. Or, yeah, I don't know. It's just, like, it's too much for me to handle. And, like, let's say if it was, like, my mom's name on the great gravestone I would be like no I there's absolutely no way that I would be going to that because it's just like a reminder that that's going to happen and you're already dealing with a lot with the actual grief of who has passed and trying to honor that like that's a lot and you're right I've never thought about that because it is kind of common now that I think about it but I have my I myself and my family haven't experienced that but yeah that for me I would never go so I don't blame you it's brutal it is brutal
2: it is a thing with the planning though. So for our situation, there's space in my grandpa's for my grandma and there's space in my mom's for my dad. And like their names aren't on it yet, but that is like discussed when you are doing it. And there's like an empty space on the little like plaque thing. So it's like there, but not there. And it's like, but that's normal. Cause it's like, of course that's so like sweet. You want to be with your person and you like literally have to make sure the space is reserved Talk about something, like, no one thinks about or talks about unless they've literally gone through it. Um, and to your point, Kath, of, like, the kind of being on high alert, like, this Christmas, unfortunately, my nana, so my mom's mom, um, it not doing as well, unfortunately. And it was definitely, like, I, hard for all of us to see. And, like, it, it's been, like, a decline, like, with her health. So it's not like it was sudden. But just something about this Christmas, it was definitely harder and like i don't know if you know how everyone's brains are working in the family and like where they go but it just kind of you know made you think that sadly that probably was the last christmas we'll spend with her like i'd be kind of surprised and and just trying to like like know that you know different grief feelings will come up which will be different than mom grief feelings but still hard and sad and triggering and around the holidays. And then from them, it's like, because my grandpa's already passed, then it's like, they both will be passed. And like, that will be very weird to have like a full, like, cause he almost like he's a little bit represented through her. And with both of them gone, like that's a very weird mental thing to wrap your mind around. And then that starts meaning like her home, you know, like all that stuff. And obviously, shitty to think about and talk about while she's is still with us, but it's just things you think about. And maybe as like somebody who's already lost someone, my mind goes there because I I knew what the drill was before. So I don't know. Like like I said, if all my family members are going there, I talked to some of them about it, but yeah, it's like that reminder or like that waiting for the other shoe to drop because I don't know if it's like when it's you've never had a loss you almost like think it's un- you're untouchable or like nothing like that could happen to you or like all your people will always be there and then once you live it, it live a loss you're like oh like something so precious can be taken away from you and then your eyes are just more open to it happening again
0: Thank you for sharing that. I know that is a tough and a terrible feeling. It was interesting the way that you had said that because I met up with a friend from college back when I was home and we were talking and I was talking and playing around, extending my flight. And she told me she was planning this big Greek, this not big, but like a Greek dinner for her grandparents for New Year's because she was, in her mind, she started having the crisis that it was the last New Year she was going to have with them. Um, and it just kind of reminded me while we were sitting there having this lunch and a margarita at that It was... It's just... Really just reminds you and shows you that, like, it does happen to everyone and it happens all the time. And it's things like at this point, we know it's going to happen and it's really scary. Um, and so I'm sorry you had that feeling. I know that once my friend Lenny said that to me, I started to kind of think it likewise. No, it's like, well, did I hug grandma enough longer yesterday when I saw her? Um, it's also hard because once I get on the plane, it's hard for me to get back easily. Um, luckily, when my last grandfather passed away, um, my sister is a rock star and somehow got me on a flight within like the next hour. I don't know how she did it but I was very grateful I was able to be there but it's just a little another like layer to it of like it's gonna take me a while to get home if I have to get home um and so it's kind of this extra layer of stress whenever I leave but Kelsey thank you for sharing I know that that is not a fun feeling and I hope that it doesn't linger because I know that sometimes when you get those like anxieties they can stay around even in the back of your head even if you think it's gonna be like oh wait nope, that reminded me so hopefully it can dissipate for a while but thank you for sharing that
1: yeah, and also it's – I mean, of course, it's almost like the wheels start turning, like you said. I feel like for somebody that has gone through the drill before, it's like, okay, well, this is going to come, and then this is the next step, and then this is what's going to happen. And, like, I mean, I, I can only, like, say this, and obviously your mind is going to think whatever, but, like, hopefully it's just – uh, encouraging reminder of like enjoying the time you do have now with that person and kind of like relishing really in the present with all of that and like not having to worry about that until and cross that bridge until it's there but I know obviously that's a lot easier said than done with everything in general but and and especially with that um I think though maybe as people who have like lost somebody we might take that advice even more to heart I Mm -hmm. would say um I would think that that grievers
2: do. Yes. I was definitely trying to like be present and spend as much time with her and kind of talking to her or just like holding her hand, you know, like just being around her as much as possible. And I think it was just like being all together in the holidays, kind of bringing up loss of my mom more anyway. And then it's like, that was right there. But as I'm kind of like, yeah, like resetting into everyday life and the holidays are kind of fading away trying to stay present with it. Like you said, not let the cart get in front of the horse and just really find ways, you know, right. Like she splits time between my aunts in um, San Francisco and Oregon. So when she's in San Francisco to like make time to go over there and to see her more and things like that. Just the only things that are in my control really. And just kind of remember that. But I know like, I feel like we are being in our mid twenties mid to upper 20s, um, a lot of our grandparents ages, like that is starting to be as we call like the more common grief that people experience first is like the loss of grandparents. And I think I've heard from more of my friends of just like at the holidays and being like, yeah, like they're getting older, like it's clear they're getting older, they aren't doing as well. And just like, trying to Hopefully that advice, Cat, that you just shared about like being present, being really appreciative of the time you've had, you know, if they're still in a mental state where they can like share stories about their lives or you can like have conversations with them that you feel like you haven't had yet to just like take the opportunity to do that and to take pictures if you feel comfortable and just like all those types of things. But just to all of the people like kind of in our age demographic, I think it is a really common feeling with the grandparents and trying to, yeah, take that advice to heart because that's
1: kind of the only thing you can do. Yeah, definitely. Um, also I wanted to go back and clarify that that cubby is called a columbarium niche or niche. I don't know. Okay. Well, well, no wonder I didn't remember what the hell it was called. (laughs) What the actual Um, shit. I think, well, to confirm, I guess we never, we've never talked about whether our loved ones are buried or cremated, but my father is buried or if that's something you want to share. Oh, that's okay.
2: Cremated. There there was a little, yeah, that... uh, I think she had decided that herself um, and we put, we divided it. So like the majority is in, I will never remember that name, the cubby. I'm going to still call it the cubby (laughs) Um, or the niche or whatever we'll call it. Um, and then we put some at the Palm desert condo that was so special to her underneath the grapefruit tree where she would always make like the fresh grapefruit drinks. And then we put some in our cabin, uh, at Carmel Valley where she like grew up going, it was also super special to our family and we like put some in the river. So that was our decision, but yeah, I guess that is not something I don't think we talked about. Was that your dad's decision or your family's decision?
1: for me it was i would assume it was my dad's but everyone in our family has only ever been buried so i don't think that i think it's just that's the way that they do it gotcha yeah 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 Mads?
0: um i have one and one for my grandparents um are my grandpas um one is cremated one is buried um it i don't know i don't know what it what what the deciding factor was um i know that um my mom's Parents don't have have lesser money, so I don't know if that had to come into effect whenever like she was trying to figure it out because I know like that was a really big stress when everything happened, which I always get reminded of. And it's just like another like kick in the stomach that people can not afford to like do the things that they wish that they could. Um, but I did get some of my grandpa's ashes and I got it made into a necklace for my mom. Um, and so she wears him with her every day. And she like talks like well, like be sitting down and she will be like, Oh, that's my dad Like got my dad on me, which is really sweet. Um, I bought it for her on Etsy and the chain is broken, but she's it like every day since I got it for her about a year ago. And then I had some extra ashes and I gave them back to her. And my mom was like, don't you want them? My girl was like, do you want anything? I was like, no, it just felt weird to have with me. I was like, I don't want it. Um, But I gave them back, everything back to my mom. Um, And that was, that was that. But um, Kelsey, I want you to also know on a lighter note, I looked up the (laughs) cubby and I will agree with you on the terminology. And I am also expecting you to make your mom's grapefruit
2: grapefruit drinks whenever we come and visit oh of course that is a done deal it's a must <laughs> have you cannot go to the condo and not have a vodka grapefruit um multiple really
0: I love that you put some of her ashes there that's super special
2: yes it was like we it was funny we when, you know there's and we can do a whole episode on like the logistics and decisions you have to make like immediately after someone passes but we were going through that and we you know got the got the ashes it was weird my dad sister and I were all like without even having to say it we all kind of knew we're like palm desert and the cabin like we knew that there would be some sprinkled in both locations and could do a whole other episode on like those moments of physically like putting them there and like how emotional that was at least for me um And yeah, like Mads to your comment about like, oh, I kind of felt funny having the ashes, but to your mom, it's really comfortable. Like I think it shows again how unique it is for everyone and everyone has different connections or feelings about what they like and don't like. And yeah, for me, while I'm really glad we did it, the act of doing it was like a lot for me. Like that, like the the idea of that, I don't want to even like think too hard on that, um, But I'm also really glad we did it. And like she already like her, you know, is represented kind of in both of those places anyway, but now like even more so, like that much more so. Um, And we really can't get rid of those places now too. I don't think we ever were, but we very much need to keep the two places in our families now. Yeah.
0: um, I was thinking while we were talking and I know that speaking of my mom, um, I don't, I don't think it was even when grandpa was passing away that she has told me like what she wants to happen whenever she passes away. Not in great extent, not like a sit down conversation, just like casually. She's like told me she wants to be cremated. and she told me she wants to, what peer she wants to be spread out. she told me who she wants there. And she told me she wants us to party and like have drinks. And she, it wasn't a huge thing. She like said it very nonchalantly, but I feel like that also kind of gave me some more peace in it to be like, okay, my mom, because you know you always want to go to like your parent or one of your parents to be able to be like, Oh, you know, what do I do? And so the fact that like one of my parents were as able to make it so like, like say it so casually kind of took some of the like scariness, anxiety out of it. Um, But that's been uh, that was something that she said. And it it was interesting when she said it, I feel like it didn't even have like a heavy I was like, Okay, yeah, got it. But it wasn't it could it could have gone so so many other ways. But um, it's something again, I agree with you. I don't like to always think
2: about. But it's comforting now that you like know what she would want, and you're gonna be able to like honor her wishes and then yeah it doesn't have to be this like awkward heavy conversation or like just legal paperwork being slight like sliding that back and forth like for her to just be able to be like yeah this is what I want you'd be like great you know and I feel like death planning is also a whole other episode but like obviously and I don't even know when this happens at some point you reach a point in your life where you create a will like no one Teaches you in school necessarily of like when that happens and what decisions you make. And then, yeah, it's like once you have children, like letting them know or letting friends know or, you know, things like that. Or some people, like I have a friend who made a joke. She was like, if I die young, don't just be vague when posting about it on social media because everyone always tries to Google it <laughs> and you don't know what happened. Just tell them whatever <laughs> happened. Just tell them this friends. She'll she listens. She'll know. Um, but, um, So it's like when it's like can be talked about a little bit more casually. It's like it's morbid, but it's helpful. And like definitely with family dynamics, I think overall, the more comfortable people can feel because again it's something unfortunately inevitable for everyone the more we can have those fluid conversations and feel comfortable to know I know exactly what she wants like there's a bit of comfort in like knowing and hearing it in her voice that like she wanted that and you'll be able to do that hopefully not for a very long time but like the comfort she had in sharing that I think is cool
1: yeah I was gonna say I think that I don't know if it's like age or just philosophy on life or what makes you more – or if there are just other people out there. Like for me personally, thinking about – and again, this is a whole other conversation of like my own death. Like I can't even think about it. I can't – I have very much like big anxiety around that. Um Obviously, someone near me has passed and maybe that's triggering or traumatizing, whatever you want to call that. But like just in general, I think I just – feel really weird about it so it always catches me a little bit off guard when people and then even people we know and love talk about it talk about their own passing like so casually but i think you're right kelsey of like it is kind of helpful um and it kind of just like pierces through that heaviness i would say and that layer of it all and it's interesting because i'm like i don't know when i'll feel like that but it's, I, I, I'd like to look up to the people who do feel like that. And I don't know if I ever will, but because maybe there are some people who like, get really old, and they're just always scared for that the rest of their lives. And they they won't ever be able to talk about it casually. I don't know. Yeah, I remember,
0: Kat, that's one of the things that I stuck to that we have very in common because the same thing happens to me and I can vividly remember being a little girl and like asking my grandma like what happens when you die and she would like tell me about what she thought heaven was but I very vividly remember that and like I I mean the whole point of our topic is that it's taboo but like nobody really talks about that and I have lost many nights of sleep staying up having anxiety about it so I remember feeling really seen when you had said that. Um, It's really interesting that this conversation has happened because I'm doing uh, my annual Gilmore Girls rewatch, and I'm on the episode today when, um, spoiler alert, it's been out for a million years. But Richard's uh, mother dies, and she's planned her whole entire uh, like yes, funeral. The original
2: for like Gilmore. yes,
0: and she's like planned her entire funeral down to like the linens and the location and everything. So I've been thinking about this before, like like it's been on my mind the past couple of days because I I watched that one yesterday. So today and yesterday. Um, but then we started talking about it because like, is like an eerie weird feeling that that would have been the one episode I was watching literally on another tab as we're recording. Like it was what I was watching whenever we got on the call.
2: Oh, that's wild that that is specifically and that we got there today. Yeah, because in that episode and they make a joke about it, right? Because it's Lorelai having to go buy her underwear because you're like oh my dead grandma needs underwear and they talk about making light of it like they make a joke of it but then and Emily right she's all stressed because it's so many little details that you have to get exactly right like Mm -hmm. she took it to an extreme of like stressing her family out more probably by all the things oh also in there is that Emily finds the letter in her stuff saying that she like told Richard (laughs) to never marry her could do a whole other episode on things you find after someone passes. We love Gilmore Girls inspo. Big Gilmore (laughs) Girls. I can't tell you the last time I saw that episode, but I have that much Gilmore Girls knowledge in my head that I can recite exactly what happens. I'm impressed. I'm impressed. Thank you. Thank you. Um, But yeah, it's good to hear about everyone's holidays and that, you know, sounds like we all had some processing and some Grief related, unavoidable moments, but also still like nice holidays. And hopefully everyone got to decompress from work for a little bit and just exciting to kick off season two. I feel like for almost every TV show, season two is better because the people have like figured everything out a little bit more. So hopefully the same is true for us this year. Um, But thank you for listening and emailing and following us and subscribing and writing reviews and rating and all that good stuff. Um, but thanks for listening.
1: Bye. Thank you. Bye.